0: Turn one exploration, Turn these fields, propertation, sifting meadows, elves are plain and Bajuka bogs, rain the away. Then we cast our way into the north, dark depths abound, the legend scores of merit lage. In its slumber, Valakut awakens, clashes thunder, the mountains crumble. In- Rubble, Flights don't with the ground asunder, Cleans a arise, tectonic tumbler, evolving wilds fill the bunkers. We venture to the tabernacle where query nice to battle with riders from the avalanches who destroy plant farm trees, and ranches. The journey seeking the Mox diamond, a piece so rare no one could find it. Kaleid a Kaleidoscope of ancient magic to fuel their whole world demographic. The secret to its potent I derives from the lands that have been abandoned, where obash is near a companion, a demon, horror, nightmare, alien. Abruptly the blood moon arises, simian spirits pray it guides them to the land. Legendary eye of Ugin that harbors alien intruders, hooks up blind eternities. Warp worlds irreversibly, except Caracas, the lone-safe haven, where legends unite to fight to save them. They travel to the land of Thraithan to break the vault where Hellas stayed in, releasing demons, plagues, and angels, sworn to fend off a disdainful. But a demon's contract's unfulfilled with a chain-veiled mage who's been instilled with everlasting youth and power, quakes the dead in a field of flowers, where grass glows a bright green aura that shimmers off the lotus cobras who slither in a forbidden orchard, where the demon wrestles holy torture. The grotto gathers oath of druids, nine hermits, who are nature-fluid, to call forth a escape ship to magma, and banning the demon in a face of chasm, but the heat that they just seal the ground must the age-old ice that entraps the bound an avatar so diapholic, its reign of terror is catastrophic, Vespians have told the tale of an avatar of war with boldest scales, who blocks the sun and all its life engulfing worlds in eternal night the prairies are turned into vesubas, the demon shape shifts into Garuda, a crack in horror so infernal, some flowers bend to become nocturnal, changelings rampage on the islands, the waves cascade down on the highlands, the dryad arbors drown in silence but the willow still burn in defiance, the flame contain the evil minion whose tentacles flash down from the deepness and bash away the punishing fire cast by the trackers who will not tire. They fight to their death just like the opson. The rhino, sees the mile of python and waked its way up on the shore where it scores then faced by a flash of war which burst up from the sand below. From the lonely sandbar which split and throws a royal that means a tornado that flings large sharks across its airflow. Rudas pulled into a whirlpool by for so strong Jedi's can twirl through the demons sealed down in the ocean as the forest morphs into motion. Yavin Maya's cradle gathers the vegetation left in t- Tatters revitalizes all its essence with misty colors as professing. Rainfalls on the vast horizon where Vassa waves her magic bid end imprisoning the demon giant within the ties for ever silent, uh what are you doing? Hello and
1: welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman Phil, how's it going? Dude, it's good. It's good to be back on the cast for another episode this week after taking a little bit of a hiatus to get on our grind game for the SEGCon. Con. Indeed, indeed.
2: Uh, yeah, let's, so let's talk about SEGCon. Con. You and I both went. Obviously, I I went down uh, Saturday afternoon. Down. I went across. I'm in Philadelphia, so this was a perfect. Uh, this was the location was amazing for me. I yeah, was. Uh, I couldn't. I I couldn't ask for a better location unless you were across the street from Running Terminal Market in downtown Philadelphia at the Convention Center. That those would be are, nice. Those are the probably dates. will never happen again.
1: Yeah, um, get some dinics between rounds. Ugh. Oh yeah, that'd be so good.
2: So l- let me let me just go over kind of the the broad the broad strokes of how I felt about the the weekend as a whole, and then we can talk about the event, uh, the legacy event itself. Like I said, great location. The hotels were cheap. I split a hotel with uh, three other guys, friends of mine. Uh, I think we spent like thirty dollars a piece for uh, for an overnight, which was great. Space was the the space itself great downstairs under the casino, solid. Having a casino there? Great. I had a great time Saturday night. We played some uh played some craps, played some blackjack, played a little bit of slots. Uh one of my buddies walked off with $1400. That's always a nice uh a nice uh, extra thing that can happen in a magic event, you know.
1: Good little chunk of change to walk away with. Yeah.
2: The internet downstairs, uh if you were just using your phone was terrible and if you had I used, AT&T. I had AT&T. So uh, also the internet like that they had bought for the place wasn't really working well for me either. Let's talk about the Melee app real fast. Cool idea. Um, I really like the idea of like setting everything into the system, having your deck list ready. That's awesome. I think that's really cool. I
1: think it completely didn't work for me specifically and like five other people for the Legacy event. Here's here's the thing about the MTG Melee app. The idea itself great idea like you said so far the two paper legacy events that i've been to legacy pit event and now the scg event both of which tried to use mtg Be- melee where you submitted your deck list and everything and ultimately both times during at the at the beginning of both events MTG Melee just did not work for parents. So I don't know yeah. what the issue is that that causes it, but like right now it is... Well, that's, it is, that's the Melee app.
2: That's not the same thing as the Companion app. The Companion app was supposed to
1: show parents. Either way, whatever tech that, try, that, that we've been trying to implement for these larger events, it just straight up has not worked and has yeah. become a meme at this point. Throughout the weekend, I and others had like the continuous joke of the technology failing at the beginning of a tournament has now replaced the like cringy joke that judges would tell that play would look forward to during player yeah, meetings. definitely. Yeah, yeah. It is, just, it is just traded. Instead of a cringy joke, we get a failed system. And you don't want to have to your, your
2: opponent get his deck hit by a Coke of genius. We don't
1: want your <laughs> cards to turn into a uh, Angel of Seren ice Tea. Yeah,
2: exactly. So that, that's a problem, but certainly circumventable, and I feel like that's all related to the internet that was downstairs. Here's the thing also about the, the Melee app. It's fine. I'm sure it works great on a computer. But doing it on your phone, like entering your deck on your phone, impossible. Really hard the, to the, do. The UI is not caught yeah, up yet. it's not good. They should. It's. It, they should be
1: using something else, and we'll talk about what they should be using in just a moment. It, it, in the MTG Melee app, if you want to put in your sideboard, you have to click sideboard for every oh, single yeah. time so you enter a sideboard card. card. So it's like, it, it, and that's just like an easy fix, right? Like it should be if you you click it, it just stays checked yeah. until you decide to take it off. There yes. are very simple fixes that do make a difference in the experience that I don't know if they're going. To to adopt but I'm sure they're getting plenty of feedback. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah.
2: So uh open space because Saturday I didn't really do anything aside from just play magic with my friends, play some EDH, hung out walk around, ate some food, you know, just, just saw people, it was, you know,
1: this is our first tournament in two and a half years. You know, it was just nice to walk around and say hi to people. This event in particular, the layout I thought was the best layout that I wish we'd had for tournaments for years prior to this. And the difference was instead of very long tables that go like across the convention hall, it was literally individual tables that sat yeah, only four nice. players a piece. So you could walk in between tables. So it was just more uh, efficient to get to where you needed to go. And also, you had way more space at each table because it was only four players per table. Now it's not like we were sitting super far apart from each other, but no, at no point during the tournament, whenever I played, did I ever feel crowded? And that was delightful. And I hope that's just adopted at every event for the future. That is four people per table and that's it.
2: Per person space. Excellent. Um, the, my biggest gripe at these things. So it's a con it's SCG con star city games, con convention, every con I've ever been to, Open gaming is a thing, you know, like, you know, you can go to Gen Con, you can play at tables, you can go outside, like slightly outside of the con and play games and stuff. So there is a lot of open gaming that can happen at these things. And my biggest gripe was there was no open gaming area. There was like you could pay to play EDH in an area, which I hate. I hate that so much, like having to pay to like casual play with people is is nuts
1: um, yeah I, I think for the for for right now i forgive that kind of thing as space is going to be capped or limited because yeah. of covid now one thing that they did do though that was great was they did require proof of vaccination yeah. or a negative covid test to enter each day yeah so that was really well done they were yeah, they were color solid coded out enforcing like line. things you know you yeah so yeah. That, and that should be the norm for every event ever Like going forward, it should always be that way. They should always have staff that can handle making sure that only only people that are vaccinated or have a negative COVID test can enter at any of these events going forward. Pretty seamless. You walk
2: in, you get your thing,
1: and and it was very that that stuff was very easy. Oh yeah, Yeah. Uh, that was easier than putting my deck list in. (laughs) I I totally agree that like there should be uh, open play space in the future when there there's like the capacity for that. I can understand right now that being limited. But yeah, I agree that like there should be it was be just incredibly to if frustrating you're to
2: like want to sit down with friends and like talk for a minute, and then all of a sudden somebody's some judge walks over and he's like, Hey, I'm starting an event right here, get up, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, they weren't I, that I, rude about it, obviously, but like, uh, and then we'd have like an EDH game going, and they're like, Get up, and this is like, Look, I 100% understand you need to make money, you need to run events, but there needs to be space for people who are just hanging out cuz like we're all going to spend money like no one like no one's showing up to to these magic events to not like at least throw down some amount of money or buy cards or sell cards like commerce is happening so like you don't have to worry about like 400 people showing up to your event and freeloading it's not going to happen like that's yeah, just, I, it's not it's not the player base for for these things it's a convention there should be a, a, a amount of time and space set aside for like free play and hanging out. And and I felt constantly pushed around uh, every time I, I just got a moment to like
1: talk to somebody. I think having a free play space would be a good addition at uh, events going forward when they know that they are going to have the space for it, depending on like where they are for the convention. I will say that I think that like the idea, like SCG Con as a convention, as opposed to just being a small GP, it's weird branding. It's not, yeah. it's not a it's, convention It's right? they're holding three tournaments doing side events like yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a, there's nothing the different
2: tour without the you know without it, it's, the it, it, it's literally
1: it is it is exactly what the seg open was yeah they've just rebranded it to call it seg con but it's no different there, there's nothing different from what the opens were versus now except like the, the the layout is has improved
2: so we got the good right we got the space we got the uh, location uh the events were fun we I, got the, all in all the, this was a
1: huge huge yeah. success in my mind like i thought got the good. bad, Excellent. the apps
2: not working you know uh space being a bit of an issue uh, again up with the good the whole vaccination thing very easy to deal with um and then now let, let me go into the ugly real fast uh aside from hating the commander fee that's ugly i don't like it i hate 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 i can't say this word enough i hate it i hate the prize wall stop with the prize wall that's garbage No one wants it. You run out of everything. They run out of everything by the time legacy players get in to do their second event of the day on Saturday. That's ridiculous. You should not be like looking at, at, uh, the end of a tournament on, on in the middle of this convention and being like, "Wow, there's
1: nothing good to pick off of this prize wall." That they is convert- ridiculous. Do they allow uh, unused prize wall ticks to be converted to store credit? Nope. It's just dead. It's just gone. Dead. It's dead. Okay, yeah, they should definitely ad- it's adopt. It's ridiculous. The-
2: it's just insane. I hate prize walls. Period. When they did that GPS, I didn't like it then. Yeah. I don't like it now. I just think like it's such a it's such a capitalist like consumer-based thing that you that they do. Everybody else is starting to pick up on too. And it's just all in all bad for the customer. It sucks as a magic player to be like, Okay, here you go. You can buy a deck box with your uh, win from
1: this tournament. Like, give me the ability to buy cards. Yeah, I think since store credit is it, essentially you know? free for them anyway, they might yeah. as well just adopt a conversion. I think that's it's an easy ridiculous.
2: fix. It's, rid- it's ridiculous. And it's insane that they haven't done this yet. I've been arguing with Jeff Hoagland online for years. I am Jeff Hoagland's biggest troll for years about about uh th- this this. This is the worst policy ever. He's totally behind it because he's obviously deep deep
1: in the SCG pockets. So it is what it's it is. I, I have guess. no idea. Being able to convert prize wall takes that way. It's not just. It, it, it means nothing. You Being end able up to convert stuff like this,
2: you isn't. end up with giant magic cards. Nobody wants a giant magic card. you know what this is? It's a dinosaur. No one wants that. No one wants a dinosaur. It's the. And there are only two in existence. You know what? No one wants it. I don't know, man.
1: I, I think you, you are you. Have you tried? Yeah. Hey, I don't know. Is it going up on the Patreon?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the. If you if you donate $1000 in the course of a year, I will sell that card. Oh shit, yeah. For free. Wow. it's your marker. Uh I wanted to I wanted to note uh cuz cuz one of the people I hung out that weekend was Harry from Moxfield and we now have we now have a sponsor guys. So we let's did it. let's we talk got about there. Moxfield real quick. So Moxfield's quickly becoming uh like the standard choice for decklist. I I just looked on the site today. I've been using it for 4 years. Uh what this is, Moxfield? is the, one of the best uh, deck list sites out there. It's cool. super smooth. My buddies, uh, Harry, who I literally started playing Magic with, and John uh, created the site and they added support for pre-modern and old school onto there before Scryfall did that. And it's, it's just the best place to share EDH deck lists. And it's great for brewing legacy, legacy lists as well. You can follow other users deck lists and you're able to mark cards that you own versus cards that you don't own. So if you're still like trying to brew and looking for things, that doesn't mess up like what you have in your mind, as far as what you need need to go grab. And, and it works. So remember what we're talking about with melee, it works really well on your iPhone, on your android on your ipad on any device that can connect to the internet it works great and it's very easy to use and i think they should be using this for deck lists instead of instead of the other the other thing that they were using but uh below in the in the you know in the doobly do there we're gonna have a link to uh both of our uh moxfield accounts i've got a i've got like 50 60 maybe maybe even more decks for edh and for legacy pre-modern Old school on there. And of course, we're going to start uh, an uh, Eternal Dirtles, Moxfield, so you can see the decks that we're playing and, and brewing as well. For you to join, go, go
1: down, check out Moxfield. Was functionally, I was like, oh, I'm kind of already doing this in my notes app, which just like infinite and infinite deck lists. Yeah. And then when they reached out, we're like, hey, we want in with you guys. Uh, check this stuff out. Uh, and then you told me about it and you were already using it. I was like, all right, yeah, this seems sweet because I'm already doing this. I'm just doing it on my notes yeah, app. there's as like, opposed a to like having for it. This. And it's like, yeah.
2: I, I don't know if you've got a chance to mess around with it on the iPhone, but it's like a thousand times better than what they were trying to get us to use it
1: uh, at the um, SEG con. I think the thing that I, I like that I never thought that I would want is when I'm constantly just finagling numbers on deck lists, being able to track the, the changes that I make over time As I'm trying out different card slots, I was like, oh, I was doing this all the time. And I was kind of just mentally tracking those changes. Like, you know, the the last six cards and miracles that I'm constantly turning over. And I, I was like, oh, now I don't have to just use brain space for that. I can just look at the log.
2: You can even say cards that you're thinking about, including in the deck. Like there's a, there's a, uh, a, a whole uh, space for that. And there's a gold fishing spot too. So you can like go and play test the deck
1: uh, and just to see how it runs. Yo guys, get on, get in there, get on Moxfield. Speaking of cards that we were trying out, boy, howdy, did I try out Malevolent Hermit at the SEG. <laughs> yeah, you did. I played four Malevolent Hermit in my Jeskai Miracles list at uh, the SEG. And uh, it was starting to pick up sp- uh, pick up like headlines in Doomsday. And that, the Doomsday list that's playing no LEDs, but it's playing four Merc Tides. And it's just sort of like a tempo Doomsday list. And yeah. the backside just says your stuff is uncountable and it's really solid. So I tried it out in Miracles and found that it was actually really solid. Against pretty solid amount of decks, it was really good against Blue Red Delver because unlike Source of Shares that can remove the front half, if they bolt the front half, you just get the Geist on the back half, and then all of your stuff is uncounterable. And the number of times that I was able to just play that and then jam Jace the Mind Sculptor on four mana, not having to care about force or days, felt really really good. So that card I think is one of the cards that just didn't get. Enough attention that should. Uh, for, for anybody who's like uninterested in playing like Safari Time Rabbler or is not in white, uh, you should probably take a look at Malevolent Hermit because the play patterns of it are a lot smoother than you might think and mana leak on a creature on the board changes play patterns a lot it seems like oh yeah it's never gonna it's not gonna do anything it it has the effect of stalling the opponent because it's an onboard trick so they have to figure out what to try and bait you with to get it off the table which changes their sequencing and then you can actually decide what you want and if you're in a deck that wants to go longer and wants to develop if they just don't cast their haymaker spells into your onboard trick and you just get time to develop essentially like you would in the old Mana League days, where you would just play out an additional three lands before casting your spell So you play around Mana League. That's a lot of time. It's a in lot of format. Yeah, it's a lot it's like of time. It's like
2: having a Spike Tail Drake on the board in uh, Mercadian Masks,
1: uh Limited people
2: would just be like, I guess I have to wait a turn to cast
1: everything. The the similar way that it's really obnoxious to play against a Fairy Time Raveler and Allosaur Shepard because your stuff just, you, you, you just don't have to care about your opponent across the table. This one did it in a similar vein or uh, but Benevolent Geist is the backside, which does it in a similar vein, but the card is also a two for one. So you do have to pick your spots when you're playing against a source shares deck because like for example i ran into the mistake of uh just not having gotten enough reps with the card before the event i mean i was already dead at the tournament but there was a game where i played Her- uh, malevolent hermit on two uh with two mana and then had a fetch open but my opponent played a spell i cracked the fetch and then they sourced the malevolent hermit in response because I- and i didn't have a mana to counter their spell anymore so like that's just like one of those things where once you get in your reps you recognize if you're going to crack that fetch anyway do it beforehand to not give them the window Beyond that, like the card was uh, stellar. It's obviously not good against the stuff that the uncounterable clause on the backside doesn't really get, matter against. So like I boarded it out against DNT and stuff like that. But the card was definitely uh, an all star, and I think it should against. I, I mean, I never want to see it across the table, but it probably should get more attention that it has thus far in legacy at least.
2: Uh so let's let's uh do it this way, Phil. Let's do uh your round one, my round one. Sure.
1: I in round one I played against Blue Red Delver. It was uh, a really Uh, a solid back and forth the the all-star throughout the entire uh, match was definitely malevolent hermit Uh, just being a natural two for one that you could get down on two it felt a lot like what baleful strix was in the old gristis control days where you cast malevolent hermit and then if they interact with it at all that's great and if they don't interact with it at all that's great it's just one of those cards where you're like i don't care what happens this is either going to help me develop or cost you resources because if you fight over it and it goes to the yard it's just another card sitting in my yard so it's two for one and if you don't interact with it then it's just an on or a trick that eventually we will become a two for one. The, the card was an all-star, all like against power blast, against bolt. I, I jammed it constantly into counter magic that I was hoping to bait. Uh, it did a lot of work, and my opponent was really feeling it because they were spending their power blasts dealing with that, as opposed yeah. to dealing with like Jace, which is what they want to use it on. Um, and then, of course, I was playing uh, three Mystic Sanctuary, two Entreat lists, uh, because I think that's just a stellar way to go over the top. And machine gunning Entreats really did help, but it was really on the back of being able to put them to tap out through benevolent. Gun on the back half so quick 2-0 victory uh in that matchup but really interesting games
2: i went oh two in the first round against death and taxes i was on bug death shadow so playing against a deck that had access to eight sorts of plowshares and it's 80 <laughs> and it's what 95 i guess we'll call it was was not a feel good for sure um playing against this guy, max super super nice dude uh, and I was kind of still learning the deck at that point. Game one, he just got me after like a couple plays. Like we just traded back and forth, and he had a Swords so that kind of put me back to thirteen life. That ruined me for the game. I never had an instance during the weekend where like I had two two guys die to one Swords Plowshare, so I was not not worried about that happening to me. That said, in the second game, he cast Sanctum Prelate for one and just dunked me. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. do anything about that that card. Uh, I didn't get any of my snuff outs, which I would have, which, which would have been great to have kind of is what it is there. So yeah, D in the first
1: round was not exactly what I wanted to see it against across the table from me. Round two. Uh, that's, that's what I faced in round two. I faced DNT in round two. Uh, the games it was a it was a really fast 2-0. It was um, uh, pretty ABC as it comes to miracles versus DNT. It's a very good matchup for me. It's one that I always want to see. I just went miracle for three, entreat uh, the angels for three, entreat the angels for four on back to back turns, and games ended pretty quickly. I finished the round with like twenty minutes left. Uh, which is not which is unusual for a control deck even though I feel like even even, (laughs) like I'm a miracles player who uh, like I feel like I play fairly quickly in matchups that I'm accustomed to if I'm playing against something that I've never seen before I I have to take my time and figure out what matters but if I'm playing against like blue red delver dnt any of the known matchups uh, i've got enough reps that i understand the matchups and how to how to navigate them and uh at the end of round two i was sitting there with like a, a juicy 20 minutes left in the round which was nice to like nice. you know go grab some coffee go grab, you know in between and th- that was nice but the the games themselves were interesting games it was it it was just very abc from my standpoint of like yeah. develop 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 hidden entry mystic sanctuary for entry and the game and yeah. uh, that's what happened it seems like it'd be very hard for them to deal with a couple like a couple of four fours that it, it, they, they struggle against something that goes so wide and also they don't have many blockers for it in when the game hasn't fully developed and you've been disrupting them with like all of your white cards have text against them which is where miracles wants to be like when you go into an event with miracles you are conceding that you're going to be soft at least these days like back in the old top counterbalance days you were good against combo but these days you are going into an event assuming that your white cards will have text and if that is the case for the majority of your rounds you'll probably do well
2: uh so my uh round 2 was against uh Kate and it was reanimator. I got waffle stomped in the in the first uh round when I had out three death shadows ready to swing in and she reanimated a sarah's emissary named creature and I did not have a snuff out. Um yeah, we actually have needed a, snuff out a lot huh. Yeah, so she didn't even uh reanimate it, she exhumed exhumed it and then she she called a judge to check and see if I would be allowed to attack with my uh street wraith and i was like yeah you you could definitely at- i could attack with a street wraith it just won't hurt you you have protection from all of all of my creatures you have uh you can't be enchanted by my creatures you can't uh i my creatures can't block your creatures or block you i think the way sarah sarah's emissary is, is written and i can't target you with my creatures it's dead uh yeah so game one i just got halted game two I think I won with uh, Delver Secrets and just like a little bit of tempo, uh, some stifles. Uh, and then game three, uh, I kept a n- no-lander at five with two uh, forcing wheels in my hand and was like, this is something, but it, it just wasn't good enough. The games were fun, but unfortunately, uh, the, that last game
1: was just a rout. Uh, in round three, you and I seem to have a similar uh, event because I played Reanimator in round three. There we go. This particular round wasn't all that exciting. So right now, I you're... W- you're I'm two more, oh. you're o. Oh, and i'm oh, two oh. I, be, I, I, be, I beat blue red and i beat dnt in the first right. two rounds feeling good because i'm like these are exactly the kind of decks that i want to be facing all day yep. my deck is is built to have good matchups against these decks that i feel like are going to show up a lot but then in, in round three i played against reanimator i win the die roll but my i don't know what i'm playing against right we're in the dark and i keep a hand that uh is good against those kinds of decks but i need to develop on my two land it's two lander It's a Fetch and a Mystic Sanctuary. And my hand is very good as long as I can develop... If I get to untap with my turn one Mystic Sanctuary, my hand will be very good against those kinds of decks, right? Not the cleanest, but I'm like, I have a Ponder, I have a Swords, I have two lands, I have a a Malevolent Hermit. Like, my early game is in this hand. Let me keep this in the dark. Let's do it, yes. So I keep, my opponent goes pregame effect and shows me the Chancellor. No! And I'm like, okay, well, my hand is not set up to to beat Reanimator, especially because... They kept seven. And I'm like, even if I ponder and find a force effect, my hand is otherwise not set up to deal with reanimator at all. I mean, at least you have so, that sword. You've got that sword in your hand. I've got the sword. So I'm like, okay, I, I I will develop. So I play out Mystic Sanctuary, which was just a mistake, obviously. I get easily belched on turn one, uh, puts a grizzle brand into play. I play it out. Uh, because i'm not dead throughout like i do have live draws throughout because th- the way that they win is still through attacking yeah. and so i'm able to convert some amount of my white cards but you know i just get buried under the Grizzlebrand card advent- advantage on turn one so it was it was a non-game entirely uh game two kind of like you draw it up board and all the wow. hate i have the hate plus a clock game ends nothing really interesting happens game three Uh, he opened with uh, an absolutely insane seven. My seven had force plus blue card, but surgical. So I'm like, great. I don't have a clock, but I do have, I do have exactly what what I'm looking for. I have two pieces of interaction on the play, or I'm sorry, on the draw. So I'm going to go up a card. I'll be able to fight over a turn one through two pieces of interaction at least get me to an, a couple of turn cycles, not to be the case. Uh, he turn ones, he goes grief, uh, exile card grief. So I'm compelled to force that, right? Yep. Because otherwise he sees my hand, he knows how to navigate it and he's gonna snag one of the pieces of interaction anyway. And I'd prefer to have the surgical than the force here because that's the thing that's going to clear that's going to trade for a card as well of course so i force the grief he reanimates the grief so i'm like okay well now if he reanimates he just takes my surgical anyway so now i'm priced into surgical so i surgical so i surgical the grief he's left with three cards in hand and those three cards are exactly faithless looting grizzlebrand reanimate oh and then, of course, he untaps Faithless Looting into a second mana source, reanimates the Yep, friend. So the, the, the game, even though there was a lot of game actions taken, there was zero agency over the course of it. Yeah. We both just showed our, we, we laid down our sevens and lined them up. Yep. and that game was actually on camera for 90s mtg chris paducci recorded 18 matches across the board. so if you want you can check out that that was one of the matches that was recorded so you can watch it, it watching it is more interesting maybe when we'll you make actually, it in the dibly do yeah but when you when you actually <laughs> analyze the game we both just turned our hands face up and lined them up and that was it i got belled, sure and so i'm two and one going into round four uh
2: my round three was against like esper Stoneblade. he he told me it wasn't esper stone blade but i saw all the all the things that make esper stone blade esper stone blade so i don't know what his deck was but it look like stone blade to me and if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck and there's duck dew on your pickup truck you can bet your bottom bucket ain't no armadillo
1: hey people keep saying that i play miracles and i tell them that i play angel stompy so
2: (laughs) first game i uh he got me got me with stoneforge mystic into uh i think cadre you know like just like got me i couldn't do anything about it i lost game two he mulls to five. I, ro- I wrote I rode out a protect the queen strategy with Delver of Secrets for seven turns, and that worked fine. In game three, he gets out he gets out of Stoneforge, but I stifled the uh, the trigger for him to go search his library, and he was gonna be in a situation where he could block me for a few turns with the. Um, with my death shadow being pretty big. I wanna say it's like, it was like a, an 8 8 or, or a 9 9. And um, he was lower than the amount of life needed for me to berserk it and kill him. So uh, yeah, and he didn't see the berserk coming. So that was great. The greatest thing about this deck is just being able to like get people with berserk. They're not expecting berserk. How many dress downs were you playing? Two in the board, only two in the board. And the okay, deck is so tight right now. I thought about playing dress down main. We were talking about this before, but yeah. it's just so tight. I have. I only have room for two delvers in the deck. I'm playing just two delvers. I'm playing uh, one. I'm playing sixty-one cards, which is already like mm, yeah. Be land. be well, I, I promise you, there's no card
1: valuable enough to play the sixty-first. But is what? A, well, how do you, how a, do you
2: feel a, about how do you feel about in my deck,
1: buddy? Sylvan Library, buddy. I, I do like the Southern <laughs> Library, but let me tell you, there is no card good enough to play 61. I
2: look, I agree with you. I copied this, I copied this list and decided like I would just see what I want to cut from it and go from there. Honestly, I didn't have any problems with uh with the 61 card list. It didn't it didn't bother me at all. But being able to uh slam Berserk certainly won won me that game and it was it felt
1: good. Round four. I am now one and two, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so uh in round four, it was actually a really enjoyable match. I got paired unfortunately against Sam Rukas. Who oh. I we- I actually drove to the Friend event of the with. show, we Sam were- Lucas. Yeah, yeah, Sam we we. Were- Sam Rukas, we were in uh, the same hotel room. We traveled to all these events together. So we both knew what we were playing uh, going in as we opened our sevens and everything. And the the way that the deck lists line up, we have the same white cards that are not really going to trade for anything. So we both know that the white cards don't really matter as much. But I'm on Malevolent Hermit. And that was the kind of card that really shines in this kind of magic. He was playing Jeskai uh, Mentor with like some War of the Spark Planeswalkers, some mentors like the good controlling Jeskai cards. Uh, we were both on four expressive iteration the whole nine but the difference is he's playing cards that i can convert white cards with in he's playing three mana mentor and uh he's not playing any jace the mind sculptor i was playing three jace and because neither of us are on wasteland we both know that we're going to get to easily develop yeah and right. in those kinds of scenarios i'm just the bigger deck i was the bigger version of what we are essentially playing as the same shell but while he's trying to play mentor and uh, play a bunch of spells I'm just trying to push through one entreat and then start mystic sanctuary looping it yeah. and that's at the end of the day quite good. because because i'm playing mystic sanctuaries and he wasn't it also means that i'm a bit more threat dense just naturally as we go along for the cards that are actually going to matter so he was on a bunch of merc Tides as well and those actually were really powerful he did a lot of work with those that game that match is also on 90s mtg and it was really really interesting match uh so i highly recommend if you want to watch any of my matches from the event go over to 90s mtg on the youtube or um on the vod on twitch and you can watch my matchup against sam uh really really interesting games He got me down to one off of multiple Murktide uh, triggers, making his Murktides bigger. Really compelling. Um, Malevolent Hermit did a ton of work and he was trying to figure out how to navigate properly against Malevolent Hermit and it was an absolute all-star in this kind of matchup. So uh, if you want to see the power of Malevolent Hermit, uh, this was definitely a matchup to to check that out in. Even though it was unfortunate to play against the, the guy that I traveled to the events with, it's always a blast to play against Sam because he's a really proficient player. We both understand the matchup really intimately. We both play very fast and just an Absolute joy to 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 play those kinds of matchups, but it just sucks that it came right at the bubble where we were going to knock yeah. one of each other out of the. You're event. in or out of the tournament so. there yeah so uh what ultimately got there for me was malevolent hermit plus mystic sanctuary was just the haymakers they did enough work and how are you putting
2: the mystic sanctuary back on top of
1: your deck or back into your hand so in my list in my 75 i play three mystic sanctuaries and that's Mm -hmm. usually enough to get the job done off of an entreat so you'll see like if you go and watch the game there's one point where i jam through an entreat i get like three or four angels and then i i cast a second entreat like it's force and negations, but then I still have mystic sanctuaries to get more treats going. Yeah. Um, so I'm playing three in I was at that event, I was playing three Mystic Sanctuary to begin with, but then in my sideboard, I was playing the Thwart, uh, specifically for the oh, kind of games that, you do, that sneaky, do go long.
0: Sneaky dude. So I'm a real advocate
1: <laughs> for a triple mystic sanctuary plus thwart. The thing is is that it's Word. not the kind of card you want against um like you don't Any want that kind obsessed. of card against Delver. You don't want it against yeah. Delver, right? Yeah, but I do want it against the Euro decks that we're just gonna be trading, we're gonna be going long forever. And if those Games often come down to they can endurance themselves and not deck. Yeah. And the thing is, is that 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 isn't forever. If we're tra- if I trade white cards for their endurances, yeah. Whereas if I triple if I have Mystic Sanctuary plus Thwart, even if they counter the Thwart, as long as it's not Force Negation, I'm picking up Mystic Sanctuaries and then I'll never deck because I can always commit one of those Mystic Sanctuaries to picking the Thwart back up and keeping that loop going. So it's inevitable that if the game ever comes down to decking, which those kinds of control matchups often do, I'm going to be the one that actually has the inevitability so i play on the board for those kinds of matchups and it's great you know i mean you, you haven't lived until you've got multiple mystic sanctuaries on the board and you thwart something yeah oh geez People, uh, it, it sounds it sounds gimmicky but it's it's legitimately strong so I'm, I'm one and two going
2: into round four feeling like i could leave at any moment i i want to go to the super bowl i go to the super bowl i want to watch the Super bowl i'm a Bengals fan so i'm I'm half in half out of this to- of this tournament at this point point. and I go up against burn I came with a person who play- who plays burn exclusively so that was the only reps I got in before the tournament and it is it's a wild dance man burn versus death shadow is just like th- that should be a dual deck you know like you, just, you you let them do the work for you right well so I'm doing the work for them really it's the other way around cuz I don't know no, I, like... no, I, I know that you you
1: have yeah. to like get your life total down but I'm saying that like it's the, the isn't at least in I remember from um it's fast I mean playing... I cast a turn
2: to death shadow against
1: my oh, opponent Totally <laughs> I I remember playing uh death shadow in modern and the at least I I mean it might be different because legacy has like force and wasteland and stuff yeah. but at least in that format like when the the heuristic was you like let your shocks come into play tapped and stuff because you're gonna they let they do the damage for you so you yeah. don't need to do like the proactive work of i definitely getting your life them.
2: fetched a uh my one underground the one duel i have in a deck uh against him uh in both games that i i think i think it was a three game match both games that i won uh just because i was like okay i can slow it down now and like have a better feel for what's going to happen. I probably brought in a, a tapped, a tapped uh, uh, green source at one point,
1: too. Um, Dressdown seems excellent in this matchup. To just turn your, your Death Shadow into a 13-13 and get him. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I didn't bring in Death Shadow. Uh, sorry, Death Shadow. I didn't bring in Dressdown against him because I was more worried about just stopping. I, I just wanted to stop his creatures. If I could stop his creatures, I can control the rest of the game pretty well. And so the, the big plays were like I had two Death Shadows out knowing that he can't swords me. I attacked with both of them, berserked one, he blocked the other and he died. And then in the, uh, that, and that set up kind of the situation in game three, where uh, I'm at six life, my opponent cast Lava Spike, he's got two uh, Monastery swift Spears on the board, and I have a tapped Death tapped Shadow and a Grimaw Gangler in play. And I know that I have to, I stifle. I only card I've got left is a stifle. So I stifle one of his triggers. Now he's got five damage on the board coming at me. I can block three of it and threes threes on the stack. I take the three. He passes turn. I untap. He's at 10. I attack with my death shadow. And I think he got scared that I would be able to get him with my death shadow if I berserk. So he blocked with both guys. And then it was kind of over. He just had, uh, I was at three life and I had to fade a bolt. Effect for a turn and I did. Luckily, that never happens to me when I'm on the line. So uh yeah, that was it. So I, I beat Burn, which was pretty wild. I was basically just dream crushing all day
1: long at, at, at this point. I mean, as you should. Yeah, as you should. Splitting on the, is on quitting. Round five. Uh round five, not much to report here. This match was also caught on camera for 90s MTG, so you can check it out. I was in again, we're in the dark. I have no idea what I'm playing. The deck that I'm playing against. Uh, but it ends up being Turbo Mystic Forge Karn combo. So it's essentially a deck that's like based on Grim Monolith and keys to make fast mana, but the deck is built upon its eight four drops, Mystic Forge and Karn. And if it doesn't have either of those things, it just doesn't do anything. So I do know at least from the makeup of having seen that deck before that it has eight Haymakers and that's it. Everything else is fluff. So I'm like, I just need to fight over those Haymakers. And it really just comes down to do I draw enough answers to four drops versus the amount of four drops that they draw? And so, again, it's the kind of matchup where you kind of just open your seven, lay them down. And if I have more answers than you have four drops, I win. And if you have more four drops than I have answers, I win. And even though there's a lot of game actions otherwise, the games are exceedingly uninteresting beyond that. It's either I get belched or I stop from getting belched. So nothing really to report. We played two games. He had more four drops than I had answers to them. And that was it. There you go. So I'm knocked out at this point in the tournament. I'm three and two. Three and
2: two, and uh, so into round five for me. I play against Elves, which I, I traditionally as so. This deck, the bu- the bug list feels a lot like uh, rug Delver, and that I'm playing Stifles. I'm playing Delver. You know, I have the the low end threats and then the late game stuff. So I, I have worry because they can often just block me into oblivion, right? And then get their thing and then cast nat- Natural Order and beat me. I was also worried about Allosaurus Shepard, which I've never physically seen on a table before and just was like, uh-oh, like Allosaurus Shepard. So game one, he starts off with Allosaurus Shepard. I snuff it and go down. I I like cycle two straight rat race. And I think I was able to play immediately a one, one death shadow just held there. He didn't get off on the first turn and then, or on the second turn. And then on the third turn, he ended up just getting me with guys. He just had like all, he got a bunch of dudes out, cast Glimpse of Nature and got like six guys out. And then like, I really didn't have much I could do. You know, he could block me with Symbiote. you know, bouncing bouncing his guys with Symbiote. So game two, I sided in uh, Toxic Deluge and uh, Plague Engineer and a bunch of other like things that I thought would be good against him. And boy, howdy, does Toxic Deluge feel really good when you're like, I'll talk to Dayluse for one, wipe your board, my 6-6 six, six stays a 6-6, six, six, I'll attack, untap, smash you. He had, like, no cards in hand either. Like, it was just, like, he was just doing the, like, boun- bounce your visionary, draw a card, extra card every turn. And me wiping everything on the board and... And then like all he had in his hand was an elvish visionary. Uh, I
1: mean, you have a, who who ha- who amongst us does not want to have a 1-1 Death Shadow on the table? Toxic Deluge down to one life and then oh, get in.
2: I mean, you're still only getting in for one, unfortunately, because the Toxic Deluge minuses the Death Shadow as well. But it's the it's it's still it's a
1: message, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: I, know I only did it for one each time. I did it in the second game as well. But in the second game, he played uh the like layer of the Hydra or whatever from the from yeah. the A D hey and D set. And uh, make
1: a ton of mana, get in.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, man. I in a deck that you would think would not have any problem producing mana, I stifle wastelanded him out of out of that the first part of that game. He didn't he didn't see the berserks, you know, and I caught him with the berserk again. Like, man, the, the deck feels just so much better. Having access to this card that just like not only ends End the, the game. game but stops the block stops blocking from being an issue, people are just like not ready for for berserk at all, and like you know in in a pinch. You can berserk your opponent's creature if it's a real problem and and kill it. I was I would would have been ready if I could have cast berserk against that sanctum prelate in the first round to do to the sanctum prelate, but it didn't. It, obviously, I could cast it. Um, so now I'm three and two, and I pieced out. I had to go. I had to go home and watch watch the Bengals lose.
1: Yeah. So I I, I did end up. I, I stayed because uh, people in my car were. Uh, I, th- I, there's still live for money. I think at this point. So um, in round six, I played against Bug Death Shadow again. It, like th- these, the the games were some. The first two games were somewhat interesting. We went back and forth. The discard spells were really the the game changers uh, for them. White cards were the game changers for me. Jason the Mind Sculptor's the House. Uh,
2: interesting point that that both the Bug Death Shadow decks were at the same same rank at the at that yeah. point in the day. Yeah.
1: Uh, unfortunately, in round three. Um, I had the always dangerous, uh, multi six, one land ponder brainstorm hand. So I keep it, obviously I'm not going to five. Against the Thoughtseize deck, so uh, I ponder, miss, untap, brainstorm, miss, and the game promptly is over. Yeah, so goodbye. that it, it was it was an interesting two games. I guess in my situation, I should I guess I should go to five on that. I mean, if you if you tell me I'm going to six with a, with ponder brainstorm, no, land, I think you
2: keep ponder ponder brainstorm land like and ponder and, and, brainstorm land. I, I'm keeping
1: that 100. You're gonna of the time.
2: have to you you have to, and you gotta hope that like you're gonna you're gonna hit, and even if you get wastelanded, you're gonna get another land. Right. Yeah, like, I
1: mean, I, I I was playing a 21 land list, even though I was playing three mystic Sanctuary. So like, I had, a, a, you know, a third of my deck still yeah. was land that I was digging towards. But the game promptly ended after I cast that brainstorm and then had, not, had nothing else going on. So I am now three and three. Yep. Moving into round seven, I played against four color control arrow. On I am
2: currently, by the way, eating a uh, Flamingon slider at this point. You're doing it way, way better button.
1: than me. Yeah, you're doing <laughs> it way better than me. So I'm playing against four color Uro Pile. Uh, uh, this is a matchup that I'm intimately aware of, like the cards that matter. He's going to try and Wasteland lock me with his loams off of uh, multiple whites uh, to keep off my Entreaty Angels if he knows that's what I'm on. I understand that that's the thing that matters. You know, I need to make sure that his Firewalkers stay off the table. By Firewalkers, I mean the three drop walkers from War of the Spark. And. I'm going to be better set up because I'm just like the cleaner control deck, even though he's got a lot of tools. A lot of his tools are tapping out. Uh, a lot of his tools are beaters that I don't care about that I can just trade with for swords. I'm happy to be playing against this matchup. There were some tight interactions that went all the way through. Obviously, like we both are playing very good card, very strong cards. It can go either way. But ultimately, like in the post sideboard game, surgical hitting the wasteland. So his loans were just functionally like put lands into it into your hand. And then they only matter if you have brainstorm effects. I'm very keenly aware of that. I make sure that those patterns don't happen. Really solid games, interesting stuff, but I'm able to pull out the dub and I go 2, 4, and 3. In the last round, I played against Tess. Really interesting games, but again, all of my losses on the day came from playing against Degeneracy. Was this uh, round sponsored by the EpicStorm.com? Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, Brian Brian calls me a clown and uh, the feeling is mutual. So uh, we, the thing is, what was cool though was uh, the, the player that I played against did pull out Brian's token pack and we were joking. I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to take pictures of when I cast no rod against you and all that stuff so it, it was fun the, the the games were really interesting but again like I I'm obviously a dog in those kinds of matchups because yeah. horse of the Plashers doesn't have any text and prismatic ending only has text if they allow it to yeah. so you know the games were very tight we went to a, a a solid three games really interesting back and forths but I took the loss there so I ended up going four and four all in all the event was an absolute blast even though I I, I did not expect to go up against as much degeneracy in terms of pairings as I ended up doing there was more of that in the room than I I was expecting for sure, but the event itself I thought was fairly smooth outside of the delay in the tech early on. I'm still an advocate for getting rid of five additional turns. I I think like if if it goes to time if the time hits in the round, fucking just it's draws. It's okay to have draws. Just take the draws rather than you know every round is going to 20 minutes over like 20 yeah, minutes. Every the single clock. round was like 20 25 minutes plus every single time, and it's only because it's untimed five additional turns. So people are like tanking and thinking and really going through the motions, and it's just like get rid of that. If you want to stream. Line your tournaments. Just fucking get rid of five additional turns. If it, if if the yeah. clock hits, I get that. Like you need people. You need to be more active on getting people to play faster. But I'm and very much in the camp of get rid of five additional turns. And it's, it's okay a to have The hot take. It's just, for it's, sure. it's, it, it's totally reasonable to just have more draws. And then the draw bracket isn't like this random thing where you know it's only going to be nothing but control players. You know, just more, if there are more draws in an event, it's totally fine if it can streamline the event. And if anything, I think like it would even be reasonable for draws to just award no points.
2: Yeah, I think that that's what it should. You should get no points for draws and
1: then negative points for losses. <laughs> uh, uh, anyhow, we uh, can't can incentivize draws, but all, all in all, I thought the event was very, very well run, very, very solid. I love the four players per table uh, aspect of yeah. it and hope that's adopted forever. My big my takeaway for was the next that paper event. Uh,
2: after I sold so many of my cards, I can't really play much that's not this deck at this point. And my takeaway was like, this deck is actually pretty good.
1: Oh, uh, wh- wh- one thing to our, our listeners. So, Uh, apparently Ren and Six is going to get reprinted in the upcoming Double Master set. I don't know if it was, I I was on on the car ride home. I was just shown artwork that was, when they announced Double Masters, they shared artwork with Ren and Six. And Ren and Six were, I I had two Ren and Sixes and sold them both for 80 bucks to a vendor. Yeah. cash so i get that they're like 100 or 110 or whatever right now but buyers vendors are buying them high and if it's going to get reprinted i mean the price sell will now. stay the same but like no yeah because it's a four of in a bunch of modern decks and in yeah. every edh deck but like i don't know i, I was like i'm going to get out right now so if anybody else wants to as well that was but. that was
2: definitely the hot the hot sell of the weekend was everyone getting rid of their Ren sixes for like 80 80 to 90 dollars yeah real quick shout out uh to again to our patreon supporters patreon.com slash eternal dirtles down down in the uh, comment section, there you can see that again. Th- this is the stuff that goes towards helping uh, Phil and I uh, create more more music for the cast. Create. Faster casts at a more uh, more opportune time for everybody, and uh, just getting more content out there. So, hey, support us on Patreon. You're support you're supporting a local a local business at this point.
1: I was saying now that uh, we got Moxfield on board with us, and you know yep. potentially future sponsors. Yeah, get on well, the Moxfield like,
2: too. Do it.
1: Yeah, every everything coming up roses for the casts. Uh, we're, we're we're hyped for uh, 2022 to be a, a, a cool year for uh, just like a bunch more content, getting more parodies and stuff. And if more there are more paper events that are reasonable travel distance for us, to, for us to get to i can't wait to go to another paper event i'm yeah, very nice too i'm, I'm so. psyched
2: so, yeah so uh again let me just say if you jump on jumping on moxfield great way to support the cast liking sharing subscribing a great way to support the cast get jumping our onto our jumping onto our discord another great way to support the cast so if you're thinking about supporting the cast several ways to do it all of those ways are free um and the patreon you can do it for a dollar we're down for that. No one's mad at you if you do it for a dollar. We love, we love it. I think that's it for us uh, this week. Y'all have a great one, Phil. I'll catch you on the flip.
0: Later. Name's Jace. You know why I'm better than all? Cause I've embodied force of Phil. What did you? going to tell this story like we ought to, like we got to tap the bottom from beginning and I'll show you how we sculpt minds. Little baby J.C. playing crazy like he Jay-Z on Beyonce, turkey chickies on the mage drinks. fuck rhymes, slaving over pages full of phrases, with mazes into the archive, thought crimes, I'll mine wipes, sparking nights, nice, despite the lies confided in Papa Valerian, scaring Pegasus, glaring the core states up in the apron week, scaring me, daring me to erase my brain or go insane, just like the sphinx rain, sculpting mine, specifically mine, like an elementary schooler's mushy lunchtime, sloppily, choppily, stumble tops of turvy through the blind eternities, to the, Gilded city, looking pretty Guild packed in so much heat on the street I could unsheathe the freakiest freak In the ears of league, or triple team There's a lesbian trees Or steer the rear of a road from house to mirror Angels breathing heavy, furrows, leaves and sweaty Intertwine our minds, i will be one Go for Recy and below, gonna make them go uh. But my destiny was to meet a man with dreadlocks and streaks That crossed his eyes and cheeks Calls himself The Seeker Name's Tazareth. Catch your breath. I like the style you're rapping with. Let me tell you about the infinite consortium, founded by the dragon Nicopolis Primordium. I quoted him, exhorted him, moratorium, exhorted to the complex of a log For blood, rage, blood, in the homunculus albras, and pulse the maelstrom like a porn up startup. But I need a partner, I need an ally, I need someone who I know I can trust. And looking at you with your wizard tux, I think to myself, this guy fucks. Fuck, we gonna tell this story like we oughta, like we got it, the to bottom from the beginning and I'll show you how we sculpt minds, agents of artifice, I'm part of this like the dishonest, this is a broker, telepathic broker, drinking mocha, doing mindful yoga, hitting quotas, just like I told you, I'm better than all, smooth like butter, bad cholesterol, Fuck gonna tell the story like we oughta like we gotta tap the bottom from the beginning and i'll show you how we sculpt mine. loose so deep i'm a mind machine i snap keep against off, punk fake the goat then float all these shake his head like a magnus h 13 not a feasted boy don't call me garrick but insane in the membrane if that's unanswered seal your fate i'm orakalcos time to duel in the realm of shadows in the game of magic i'm egyptian god i'm a book of matches all will ignite your spark but don't call me chandra i'm not impulsive i like to brainstorm i'm not impulsive don't call me I'm not going to ask you, I'll stone your mind, make you think I's backwards, I'm off the band, let's don't call me Oko, I'm playing for time 8, I'll make you choke, hold my beer, call me stone cold, I'll stun your mind, make it freeze like cold stone. blank your fairy tale, call you Ronos. Dash your Ronos, bash your lord, call me Vorthos, I'm no illusion, I won't be fading, I'll steal your thoughts like a new dad fading, but I'm not disheveled, I'm fly as shit, like a mono blue, I'm nix-less, will tap your mind and make you weary, then destroy your world, just like the hear Let this put all speculation to rest. If you disagree that I'm better than all, I'm a Terminus the shit out your board, bro. Terminus the shit out your board.